you go back and listen, you're like, wow, dude, I'm blown away. I forgot how great this is. And Tyler was so right about everything he was saying. Like, I totally get everything he was saying because he's so smart and he just knows everything about, you know, good music. That's what's going to happen. So, just do it. <laughs> I thought if I just be quiet, you just keep going forever. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the interruption. That's why I kept going. I wanted you to yell. <laughs> no, I was, I was trying gonna, to provoke you. I was going to see when you were going to stop. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music. And, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go. This is Asinine Radio. This is uh this is probably the greatest podcast you'll ever hear in your entire life. It's true. Um it's hosted by myself. Tyler and uh, a good friend of mine, uh, um, Jeff. He's on the other end. And um, this is Asinine Radio. We, what we do on this podcast is we take an album, we dissect it, we get into it, into the nitty gritty of it. And uh, and then you end up loving the album because I don't know why. Uh, so go, go, go. I don't, I'm just like talking out of okay, my ass. Cool. I have no idea where I'm going to go. Uh, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media. We're at Asinine Radio. Uh, send us an email, asininradio at gmail.com. I don't give a fuck. Tell us how amazing Damn. we are. Because uh, honestly, we're so fucking amazing. And that's because we're doing the album Diamond Eyes. <laughs>
Deftone, formed in 1988 in Sacramento, California, by Chino Moreno on vocals, Stephen Carpenter on guitar, Abe Cunningham on drums, and Dominic Garcia on bass. They currently have eight albums, three EPs, three compilations, and one unreleased album. Diamond Eyes is the album we're doing today. It is the band's sixth album, and it was released May 4th, 2010. It features Chino Moreno on vocals, Stephen Carpenter on guitar, Abe Cunningham on drums, Frank Delgado on keyboards, turntables, and samples, and Sergio Vega on the bass. Now, Jeff, what you just heard was the song Rocket Skates. And Jeff is not a fan of Deftones. Never has been. He's always ripped on me for liking them. So hopefully Jeff is converted into a fan this week. So what do you got, Jeff? What are your first impressions on Diamond Eyes? Um, well, like you said, I've never been a fan of, of the Deftones ever since, um, <laughs> I think, like, just out of high school or during high school when our old kind of singer, Rudy, because he was always a really big fan, too, but I think he was mostly, like, White Pony Yeah, fan he's all boy, about White right? Pony. Yeah, like most people. I don't know why, though. And so at some point, I, I listened to White Pony through and through, and I just severely underwhelmed, and I just don't understand why anybody thinks that's so great because it's just it's just it's vanilla it's white it is i think it's i think it's a weak album it's a weak album so fast forward 50 years and now here we are doing (laughs) diamond eyes and um i guess like my my first impressions is listening throughout the album the first time was just kind of like yeah this is this is what i think of the deftones this is exactly how i picture this album going and uh, it wasn't, again, it was very, very underwhelming. Ah, god damn it. I thought I had you. Severely underwhelming. Ah, there were, that sucks. There were no stinkers on this album, so I'll, I'll, I'll give them that. I had no stinkers. However, I only have two bang, no, three bangers. Okay. Everything All else right. is just is just kind of okay. All right. Fair enough. Hey, man, I, I tried. This is, the Diamond Eyes is it might be my favorite record by them. It, it's a toss up between this one and their self-titled. Uh, they always like they're interchangeable really. But um, yeah, with, with Deftones, I didn't like them for a long time. It was probably not until like right before this record came out actually that I, uh, I got really into them for some reason. I just started listening to some of their, their deeper cuts and I was just like blown away by their music. And then this album came out and I just, just, I would, it changed everything uh, with my view on the band and, I don't know, man. I, I to me, there are no stinkers. Definitely no stingers. Um, not every song is an absolute banger, but they're all good. They're all really good, solid songs. But obviously, some are are better than others. Um, so, where do you want to go with this? What since there are no stinkers, we can skip that part. Let's go with your your biggest banger on this one. Okay, my biggest banger is probably. It's either Prince or Sex Tape. Those are the, those are almost tied. And then the third banger I think is Beauty School. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say Prince is like my favorite song on this album. Prince, okay. Yeah. So you you tend to like more of their their I guess you could for lack of a better word, their softer songs on this record? Yeah, That's actually with with Beauty School, I kind of said that um it's sort of like slowed down in the middle. Even like before that, you've seen the butcher, I think. Like the like the middle part of the album kind of like slowed down and, and brought it down a little bit, 
but then like rocket skates i got right back into the hard material and so i think um I mean, it was fun to kind of have that that hard and then soft and then hard again and then way later in the album kind of like a little bit weird ish yeah it gets it, it's a weird like slow it's like a weird hybrid of their slow music mixed with the really heavy guitars yeah so like a lot of open chords and stuff toward the towards the end of the record but, but um prince that's that's a good it's got like a nice it's got a nice groove to it and it's in again it's in like the middle of the album where it started to get more groovier and it's slowing down and like the bass just at the bass sounds so good in this it's so so deep and just it's great yeah it gives this great overall sound to the song i i think it sounds phenomenal and then during the chorus they got like these de- they they slide down the neck of the guitar and the bass mm-hmm. oh, oh my yeah. god it sounds so good it was so fucking cool it really is I'll, i'm gonna play a little bit of it and then we'll talk more about like the bassist and and that stuff so here's the uh here's the song prince by deftones Jeff's favorite song, Prince. There's so many really great parts in this song, like you were saying. Like the the bass playing just kills it, but that bridge is my favorite part where he's just that that like half scream that he's doing um during that part. And I, I just it's so emotional and it sounds so great. And then just that that do 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 it's just that heavy yeah. chugging. Oh, it's so good, man. It's it's fantastic. And just the drums I think are he the drummer Abe just sounds killer on this track. Like he has that weird off beat with the, the hi-hat, you know, it's so it's a little bit off putting, but it still sounds really good. If that makes any sense. I don't know. Yeah. 
like one thing that I I read and then after I read I noticed it, but like he plays really heavy metal type of drums, but he never uses like a double bass. No, he he's very um what I what I've always liked about his his style is that he hits really hard, but it's very it's also very groove based, kinda like um like uh uh what's his name from Primus? The uh Tim. Tim Alexander from Primus. He hits like just he he they could they can make a really heavy song sound really groovy and they just do it just by kind of like they just don't overplay that's what it is like in metal music what i don't like about some of it is that is the overplaying of the drummer with the double bass or just just going all over the kit but abe really has this really great restraint with his drumming and he plays more for the song rather than himself if that makes any sense yeah i just that's what i've always really respected with his drumming Man, to be honest, I just nobody really got me. Like the nobody, I I thought I thought the drums would get you the most, but I I, mean, I guess I'm wrong. I think there was one track that I thought the drums were really really good, but overall, man, like the bass had some times where it kind of shone, and I was okay. That's that's cool. That's a good groove, but overall, it was just kind of whatever. The guitar, like I get it. The Stephen Carpenter guy, he's a phenomenal guitarist, and I think he used like an eight string guitar for this album or a seven string guitar. Yeah. But no, he's I mean, been using just, an eight string for a while. But now he's just adding like a like lower. He's just going lower and lower and lower just to get that really heavy sound. So I mean just Yeah. Like just using an eight string guitar isn't enough just to wow me. Not that I want him to start shredding because I don't want that either, but Yeah. There was just nothing there was nothing there either. And then as far as like the turntables are concerned, Frank Delgado. Yeah. I get that he doesn't want to add straight up like incubus sounds to his music where he's just kind of there for like that ambient noise in the back and just to kind of improve the melody with more, with more harms. And yeah. that, that's, that's cool. I, I dig it, but it's, yeah, it's whatever. And then let's get to Chino. <laughs> oh, God. Let's get to Chino. My least favorite part of this band. Is it because what 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 is it about his vocals? Is it like his clean vocals, or is it the screaming, or because he has different variants? Like that, what I like so much about Chino is that he doesn't sing the same way. Like he has like four different voices when he all within one song, and I and he utilizes them all really well to like accent certain points of the song or whatever. You know, that's what I've always liked about him. I I will say that he does. I mean, he can sing. He can scream. But the way he goes from singing to screaming or screaming to singing is like the transition between the variants are very seamless. They're flawless and they're, it's really good. Yeah. Dude, but sometimes like he just straight up sounds like a middle school child screaming, like Rocket Skate. That's one of my least favorite songs in the album. Really? Like he literally screams like he's like an 11 year old and it's but super I, irritating. Yeah, I thought you liked that high scream. I prefer the high scream over like a low scream. It's just annoying. And I, man, Rocket Skates, I just, I, that was, that's probably my, like, my least favorite, my least favorite song. Interesting. Why'd you tell me to play it then? I don't As the know. opener. Just because I don't like Diamond Eyes that much either. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, all right, fair enough. But what I've always liked about Deftones is that, you know, you have Steven's, you know, the deep sounding guitars. And I like kind of the, the dynamic between the deep sound of that mixed with like, the kind of ethereal, airy voice of Chino, but when he needs to be heavy, Chino can scream to 
to go along with the heavy chugging guitars if need be, you know? I've always kind of liked that that cool dynamic between his voice and the guitars. And then everything else just fills it, fills it in, but that's what I've always really liked about this band, especially since this record. This record was was a kind of a departure from when she was in the band. Um, but man, it, there's some there's some really really great bangers on this record. Um, I is, do want to play what? What is your favorite song? You know, going through it this week, I mean, there's just so many fucking amazing songs, but the song I always go back to is Sex Tape. Sex okay, Tape and one. and probably Beauty School. Sex Dang, Tape and Beauty School, definitely. But then also Diamondize. I love Dim- Diamondize is like a great introduction to the album itself. Uh, just with its heaviness, like it 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 perfectly encap- encapsulate encap wait encapsulate encapsulates what's what's going to be happening on the rest of the album which i think is really cool and i feel like the very end of diamond eyes like the last 35 seconds or so that really heavy part the instrumental part is literally the heaviest moment on the record but it's like the simplest thing you could possibly do and there's no double bass pedal no, no double bass nothing like that um the whole song I, I just, is super slow it's just it's very chuggy and it's heavy, but it's just slow. And there's not much going on there. It just kind of goes on and on and on. I, I will admit, eventually, it kind of grew on me. And it kind yeah. of just, like, dug in. And I, I started to get into the groove. But just what there wasn't a lot going on. And it's just, it's just like, okay, this is a, what, a three- or four-minute intro? Like, this could have been, like, a 30-second a intro going into the next song rather than, like, a four-minute thing where it just went over and over and over. And, like, this is... It didn't catch me. All right, fair enough. Well, I I do want to play like the last minute of Diamond Eyes just because I. Every time I hear that heavy part, it's just it gets me every time. I just think how perfect it is. But and I know you don't agree, but I'm I'm gonna play it regardless. So here's just the last minute of uh of the song Diamond Eyes. That was a good fade. Fuck, man, that's what? That was a good fade. I I got too excited. <laughs> I got way too into it. Oh god, I love that. It's just the simplest drum beat, but it's so effective and shows how heavy that song is. So good. I don't know how you don't like it, but that's fine. You could be wrong. I'll you ever see that time. movie Shallow Hal? Uh yeah, but I don't really remember much from it. So there was a part in Shallow Hal where Shallow uh, Jack Black sees inner beauty in in women. And mm-hmm. Gwyneth Paltrow puts on this fat suit and they make her look up to be like super grotesque and disgusting. But Jack Black sees Gwyneth Paltrow, but everybody else sees the fat suit. And so it showed Jason Alexander 
And Jack Black is just like infatuated with her. And Jason Alexander is looking at her like, what the fuck do you see? That's why I feel with this. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying like this is a fat suit, disgusting, bad album. Oh it's just, I did, we just, we are seeing and hearing so just completely different things. different things. And it's, it's crazy. I, yeah, I just, I don't understand why you don't like Abe's drumming more. I, I love the simplicity of it. Oh my God, it's so good. If I want to listen to simple drumming, I'll just listen to like Weezer and just hear no, but it, it's just it, it's not beats, triple it's the fact, No, it's the fact that the simplicity of it can still be so heavy. That's what I like about it. How I love the restraint that he has because he, he he can totally go off and go crazy, but it's his restraint that I I absolutely respect as a drummer. I think it's he's he's probably. Not my top five favorite drummers, but definitely top ten. That's just crazy. I think he's just there's nothing here. I think there's he's, nothing here to make me. I think, think he's that so he's underrated, un- un- unbelievably great at the drums. Well, he's not super. He's not being super technical, but that's what I like about it. He's not doing anything. He's just being a normal ah, drummer. You're insane. Like what? Well, I, I don't understand what you want me to see here. He's well, he's no. Just it, being what I'm normal. saying is it's 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 the it's the i mean using the word again because i use it so much but the the dynamic of of his simplicity compared to or it like just kind of how you know everything is so heavy and normally when guitars and stuff are and and the vocals are that heavy usually a drummer just kind of goes off and just goes nuts but he doesn't do that he knows how to hold it back but still make it sound heavier than somebody who's playing a double bass See, I don't know how good he is. I've only heard White Pony and this. I don't know if he can go off. Maybe this is the extent of his actual musical drumming capabilities. But even okay, say say even say even he couldn't go off like that. It's still it's his songwriting, it's his beats that he provides for the song. Like regardless of his technical ability, it's how he's writing his parts and how he's writing this part those parts of the song. He's literally playing the That's drums I how I would play the drums for this music, like the exact no. same way. <laughs> no like everything he does like oh yeah that's that's pretty much what i would do too uh you're crazy so but yeah I'd, i appreciate I'd like you, you i'd like you to learn i'd like you to learn some of these songs i'll learn all these songs it. in the next five no, minutes won't. while we're talking i'm gonna go <laughs> sit over there and do it um let's get into some of the lyrics because i i feel like you know some of the songs are are important considering what happened um with the band and and members of the band uh, if you don't what yeah you should probably go into what happened with the band yeah that's what i was about yeah. Yeah, do it do it do it, yeah. do it, do it do so it. back in 2008 their their bass player chi who had been in the band since before their first record a uh, very important part of the band he uh he wasn't wearing a seatbelt in his car he got in a really bad car accident was in a coma for up until 2013 when he died he died of a heart attack um but he's still in a coma he was in a coma for five years um but after the car accident, they, the band had been recording an album. Uh, they had finished recording the album. They had done everything. It was it was all done. She got in the accident. They shelved the album, and they said we're never going to release it. Uh, you know, it's it's too hard for us, and we're 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 only going to release it once she comes out of the coma and he's good to be back in the band, uh, which he never did, unfortunately. But so they decided, you know, they still wanted to play music together because they're still brothers and friends and all that good stuff. So they 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 got their friend Sergio Sergio Vega to join the band, uh, right at, or shortly after uh, Cheese Coma, and uh, they wrote this record that's diamondized what you're hearing, and uh, yeah I mean that that's kind of the backstory of of what happened. So a lot of the lyrics are about you know Chino's feelings about Chi being in the coma and how he just wants to help his friend and just how devastated he is. And it's it's some pretty sad stuff, but there's only like 
to me, like reading the lyrics to this record, it either the songs are about Chi or they're about like, you know, a passionate lover of, of Chinos. Like they're just like two polar opposites. I don't know if you got that that vibe, but there was only one song that I thought. And there's only one song that I thought maybe could have been about something else, and that's Prince. And oh yeah, Prince, yeah, the, yeah. Just like well, the, the whole the whole kind of feeling of of wanting to be loved and wanting to be liked, or but I think like the deeper thing with Prince is is I feel like this song was about hoping that you'll get remembered like after you're dead, and yeah, like the whole mind of a killer thing. I, th- I think that was kind of him being like headstrong. He knows what he wants to do and he's going to go for it. Not like a, a, a murderer killer, but like he's a killer on the mic. He's a killer. He wants, t- he knows what he wants to do. He knows he wants to be remembered and he knows he wants to go down in history. And I think that's like one of the only other songs that wasn't about Chi Chang or. Yeah. Or about sensual you know, lovers. <laughs> yeah. I, you're, you're totally right. And from what I was reading too, I, I kind of got like, it was him trying to, to deal with the fame. Like, before before you reach that that level of 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 uh being uh famous you know you you think it's going to be so, it's going to be something really great and and different than what it actually is and it's it's him kind of dealing with that so it's actually one of the more literal songs too i feel uh compared to the rest of the album but like like i f- i felt too with the other songs and or most of the songs a lot of his lyrics can be taken two different or two or three different ways you know he has he's a he has a good way of like playing with metaphors and stuff so i liked his lyrics more than i thought it would but i was also surprised by them as a, as a lyricist i think that he um he has an overall concept of of kind of what he wants to do but i don't think he's a great writer and so like the whole ambiguousness of his writing is because he's just not that good at it not because he's, he's so good at it no not, not because he's so literal but some songs you if, like reading the lyrics through and through you say okay this is the kind of the overall concept but but then there's like five or six lines here that have nothing to do with anything and i think that's just from him not being like a cohesive writer not being no. good at being a cohesive writer i don't think he's a great lyricist i think i think he i think he's very emotional and you can clearly tell in his music and he's a good and he's good at writing music or his, his lyrics to kind of coincide with what he's feeling but I don't think he's like that. But great they're almost nonsensical, so they're more out of. So in the end, they're more out of passion than they are actual. Actually, out of. What's the word I'm trying to think of? I don't know. Intelligence, maybe. No, not no, 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 no. He's a very intelligent man. Is he? Yeah, I was actually talking to him yesterday. We were uh, okay. having a good conversation. So he's definitely not. Uh, <laughs> but he is. <laughs> You're such a dumbass. But uh, but yeah, like songs like Diamond Eyes. You know that that song lyrically is. The opener, it's the opening track, it's the title track, and it's all about Chi's accident and, you know, losing one of your best friends, one of your brothers, you know, and, you know, and it's him, you know, being next to him and eventually, like, if worse comes to worse, you know, they'll meet in another realm or something like that. But then I also read it, too, like, in a way, maybe it's not from Chino's viewpoint, maybe it's from Chi's viewpoint, where like he's it's him like if you read the 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 verses it sounds almost you can read it from almost cheese view of like him getting into the car accident and then losing consciousness and then kind of going to the next realm but then coming back from that but then still being trapped inside of himself and not being able to get out 
So I, I like that song lyrically a lot because you can you can kind of go both ways with it. It was kind of ambiguous with how he wrote the lyrics, and I think that was very intentional. I know you don't agree with that, but that's how I feel about that song. So I, I lyrically, I think that's one of my favorite songs on the record. I I agree. I think I think lyrically, this is a really good song, and this is one of the songs that I will go against what I previously said and say that <laughs> yes, it is it is fairly ambiguous but i think that was intentional mm. and especially in the bridge part of this when he's talking about how like the coffin's shaking and the needles breaking that could actually be from like cheese perspective of he's in this coma and for all i mean i like nobody knows what the fuck you're thinking about right when you die so for all yeah. intents and purposes his consciousness thinks that he's dead and yeah. whenever you know whenever like the coffin shakes that could just be like his bed moving they're moving into the ICU again for another surgery or they're doing anything like yeah. his, his conscience doesn't really fucking know. Or maybe it does know. I don't know. Yeah. And so I, don't I, know. I think, I think like that aspect of it and this song specifically was great, but this was the first song mm. and it's so tough. You, so you think it, you think it peaked too soon? Way too soon. <laughs> like it peaked immediately. Yeah. But don't you think you need something like this lyrically to, to kind of, you know, set the table and and kind of show what's what's coming up on the album. I mean, you you, you do, so? but dude, if you can do it once, you can do it a million times. Just like playing baseball, if you can if you can hit a home run once, you can do it every time. If you can do this yeah. once, you can do it every time. You just either choose not to or you get inside your own head too much. Something happens. So so you would so you would rather you would rather him write a song like the same song over and over again. No, but he can tap into like his inner feelings and and write better yeah. songs. I mean, there's a difference well, between writing a good song and writing a better song. Well, okay, so when they when they were okay, so the the album that was shelved, uh, the album was called Eros, and when it was written, it was kind of during a bad point with the band. They weren't really getting along that well. They were actually on the verge of almost breaking up at at certain points during the mid two thousands. So it was a very dark time for the band. And then this tap into Chi, it, it kind of like it brought them back together, you know, it brought the guys back together, but it was in such an unfortunate way. So when they went to go record diamond eyes, they wanted to, they wanted to make a more upbeat record because their last two, three records were very, very dark and, and because they just weren't getting along and it just wasn't, it wasn't a good time. So they wanted to make an uplifting record for them. Um, you know, it's, to me, it's, it was a very cathartic thing for them. And that's why these songs I feel are, you can look at him kind of at face value with all the like the the sexual stuff and and things like that and i don't think they wanted to focus too much on on chi because they wanted to stay positive about things so that's why there's only a couple songs or a few songs on here that are about chi or that could be about chi but even like the sexual things on the surface it sounds like they are just about sex or oral sex or things like that but i think it goes deeper i think it's about like needing that kind of emotional attachment to something not strictly sexual, but well, yeah, like you said, Eros was the name of their their shelves album, and that Eros is the Greek god of love, and so that's mm -hmm. that's weird that they would name it that at such a horrible time in their their band career. So I think that they're just they're, they're, like they're just looking for answers. Like they they don't know what's going on. They don't know what to do, and this and his lyrics and this are kind of sometimes spastic in that where he writes like I said it like an overall tone. 
but then there's things here and there that just make no sense. Don't that have nothing to do with what he's trying to convey as his message. And but so maybe I, that's that's maybe I think that's kind of the beauty of it, though. It's because he's so his brain is so scattered at that moment when he's writing that it's sometimes nonsensical, and that's just him just relaying his feelings, no matter what they are. You know, it's just it's like the first thought, best thought kind of idea. You know, but that's not it's just. Don't fuss over. That's it, like you a knee jerk that, reaction. That's like whenever passion. kids, whenever kids just start crying because they don't know how to express themselves, that's not good. Like you need but to. That, this is entirely sometimes, different. Sometimes there, no, it's not. It's, it's emotion. Come on, Tyler. Sometimes there it's are emotion, but it's over. Sometimes there a, are traumatic instances where thing. crying is the best form of expressing yourself. But how many tracks are on here? Like eleven. Eleven. One out of eleven, he expresses himself in a in a in an artistic well, it, manner. More than one Come song. on, Come more on. than one song about cheating. no. Every other song, no, it's not just about no. cheating. Again, again, hold on, hold on, hold on. Focus, oh. focus, kid, focus, Nick. <laughs> just because he's singing a song about sex, and you think it's about sex, it's not just about sex. It's about that emotional attachment. He had an emotional yeah. attachment to Chi. He had an emotional attachment to everything. It's not about sex. It's about the attachment. It's about the feeling. I was but talking even about in like those a, songs. Even in those songs, there are parts of those songs that the lyrics are coming out of nowhere, and I think that's from him not being able to articulate his feelings, and that is also coming from not being the greatest lyricist. No, okay. So I, what I was saying about those sexual songs, I was saying at face value, that's what they they seem like. They seem kind of like like vain, you know. Uh, narcissistic kind of songs but they're really not there there's a, there's a i feel like I, I i agree with you there's a deeper meaning to all of the songs and i feel like what he's talking about in those kind of songs is you know him overcompensating with somebody else you know because he can't he can't show his love and his gratitude toward his best friend so he has to he has to release these emotions somehow so he releases them with with like a lover or something like that but then also it's veiled. That's that's like a veiled form of how he's feeling deep down about Chi. That's what I. That's how I read into it. I just don't think he's a great lyricist. I think he's. I think he's okay to good. I think he's good. He's not like the greatest in the world. He's no like Jonathan Davis, but he's good. <laughs> Dude, you you're losing like what little credibility you have left. Like Dude, I don't, I'm where kidding. Are you I'm, even going? I'm I'm kidding. I'm fucking with you. But um, but that that's that's how I feel about those more sexually driven songs. Um, but yeah, there, there, there you have that. Um, I, I, since we're on the topic of Chi and the song Eros, should I just play the, the one song? Smile that was even yeah. on this album. Yeah. Go ahead and play a non-album song. That's fine. Well, it's, it's in, okay. So after, after Chi had passed away in 2013, I think it was like in 2014 or 15, uh, Chino released one song from the song Eros because to this day it's never been released. They've talked about possibly releasing it, but they still haven't done it. Um, but he did put out one song called Smile, and it was the one. It was one song off of it, and he dedicated it to Chi. It was shortly after he had died, I think. Actually, now that I think about it, but it was um, on the one year anniversary of his death. He was it the one year anniversary? Yeah. Okay. And then he took it down a couple of days later. I don't know if that was like no contractual he, thing. He, no, Warner Music took it down. He posted on his own oh, personal YouTube. Happened? Yeah, and Warner took it down. <laughs> oh, what a piece of shit company. Awful. Ah. Uh, God. Okay, so here's uh here here's the song era, or smile. We know 
One song from Heroes called Smile that Warner Brothers was shitty enough to take down. But yeah, there you go. How did you how did you feel about that song? I like that song. You did? Okay. Yeah. Because it, it, it definitely doesn't sound like it would fit on Diamond Eyes either. No. Like it's very much more airy and like atmospheric than, than stuff on Diamond Eyes. But, they actually but played, that's kind of how like... What? They played the song for the first time this year at their Dia yeah. de los Deftones. I know that's crazy. I don't know. I just Dia de los the Deftones. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good name. Not to get on though. I dug it. Maybe you'd like some of the stuff that they did after White Pony. I'm fucking done with Deftones probably for a very long time. Well, probably like in the next couple of weeks we'll do another. The fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> It took me like eight years to listen to another Deftones <laughs> album since White Pony. Ah, uh, because White Pony is oh god, White Pony to me, I I just don't understand why people like it. I think it's so it's such a lame record. It's just like in this this weird transition period for the band, and I just it doesn't sound. I just don't think it sounds very good. And people, other Deftones fans, think I'm a fucking idiot for I saying don't think that. You're an idiot. I mean, I do think you're an idiot, but not about this. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing we can agree upon. But it's still a good record. It's just their worst record. So then, again, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you on that being a good record. Let's get into, uh, what was it, uh, Beauty School, maybe? You want to get into Beauty School? Yeah, Beauty School. Let's do it. Let's Not do it. like actual get into the class, but. He's going to um, drop out. See, this had a really cool drum intro. I really yes. dig that beat. That was rad. I did too. Should we play the song and then get into it? Yeah. What do you want to do? Okay. So uh, so here's uh, Beauty School from uh, Deftones.
What a fade. What a fade. I got the best fade. Put him up. Put him up. <laughs> that, you know, my favorite part of that song is the uh, the transition from that chorus into the second verse. That slow, like, harmonics thing that your guitar is kind of doing? Well, well, no, not that. The drumming. I love the, the fills that, that dun, 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 dun. It's just like, it's that, that really fast part. Because the song is a pretty slow song, but his the way he plays in that transition is good is like really fast with some really awesome fills and i i like that a lot it, it kind of like spruces up the song a little bit yeah the song before it gets back into it the song is phenomenal and i almost kind of get like this emo-ish like circus survive kind of vibe from his vocals this okay. weird like eclectic ambient weird singing and i i, I like this a lot this song is very weird for the album too it is. It's kind of an outlier. I think this song and Sex Tape are like definitely the outliers on the record. But both like the best songs on the record. But this was the coolest but, drum beat in the entire record, so. Yeah, it's really, really good. This is as good and, as it gets for all you drummers well, out there. There's some other good parts. You just you I think if you if you listen to this album like ten more times. Oh my god. You would really learn to appreciate, you know, what's going on here. Especially with Abe's drumming. Um, eh, eh, maybe, mm. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. So the title of the song is "Beauty School," and what I like lyrically, what he does in the song, you know, it talks about you know this person he loves, this girl that he loves, and he likes that you know when she takes off her face and like shows who she really is to him and everything, and you know it's just them being truly in love with one another and just being completely vulnerable with one another as well and it's just this like raw passion in the song and i like that he conveys it really well and just to name it name the song beauty school i think is a good is a cool way to kind of uh fuck i'm 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 at a loss of words like uh, trying to find the right words to use. okay i mean that's like, like the first couple like lines are him just yeah saying take off your face and put your teeth away like relax i want to i want to see you I don't want to see who you want everybody else to see. I want to see you. And again, this is kind of coinciding with the fact that he he wants someone to be real with him because he doesn't even know who the fuck he is right now. He doesn't know what's going on in his life. He just needs <laughs> someone to be real with him. Or he knows who he is. He just he wants to be he wants the most passion out of all of it. I don't honestly I I get the feeling that he doesn't even know like what the hell. I mean, he he may, he, he might know who he is, I guess, but just kind of like the mortality of the situation and, and him thinking about himself. He he has no idea what the fuck's going on. And just like thinking, especially in hindsight too, because his friend just wasn't wearing a seatbelt and the, his, he was driving with his sister and his sister just got minor injuries. And so had he just worn the seatbelt, you know, who knows what would have happened. And I think whenever something bad happens, like the first thing you think of is what could we have done to make this not happen? Yeah. But you don't, you don't come to terms with the fact that it has happened and it's done with and there's nothing you can do. And so dwelling on the past, what could we have done? I mean, that's just, that's just like, that tears you up inside. And I think that's what a lot of this is kind of going through. It's just him being torn up and not knowing like what the fuck to do with anything. Yeah. And that's why he wants these like connections. Yeah. It's, it's him overcompensating for how he, how he feels like what I said earlier. It's he, this is like the only kind of, way he knows how to convey his like i guess you could say like animalistic like urges to to get rid of like you know bad feelings so he kind of just has to overcompensate in other ways 
but I don't know. It's I I think it's it's such a killer song and just I I don't know. I I think it's it's a it's a perfect song. It's absolutely a perfect song. I don't think and any I'm, song on this album is a perfect song, but this is this is probably the closest. <laughs> <laughs> this one and Prince are the closest, and Sex Tape. Okay. Well, I do want to talk, dude. Dude, I can't even Jude? speak properly, dude. Um, the song "Command Control." Uh, it's the the third song on the record. It's it's an interesting song. It's like I think this is one of those songs where like Frank Delgado, the this the sample guy, the turntablist, whatever he he kind of he he has some cool parts in this song. I mean, because the song has like a really thick and heavy riff in it, but between like the verses and the choruses. Frank has this like really awesome sound that he throws into the this really cool soundscape that he throws in in between to like transition. I don't know if you picked up on it. It's kind of subtle, but it's there. Like it's it's out there in the open. This song actually reminded me a lot of like I said it earlier, but this song actually reminded me a lot of Incubus in their science days because of that because of Frank's stuff and the way he sings. Think? Like it, it it's very reminiscent of that. Very throwback to it. All right. Well, let's actually let's get into it then real quick. Since you got some thoughts on it. So here's a command control by Dupta. not like Abe's drumming in that song it's so good he has so many great parts in that song did he oh dude it's so good go back and listen to it again <laughs> or i could play it again i could play it again no. if you want <laughs> oh god oh it's such a sick song and just that that swell of that that electronic sound that he does oh it's so good i love that part but i now that you you mentioned like the the old incubus sound i could definitely hear that not not in like the screaming vocals but like the 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 more airy vocals it does sound like incubus and even the guitar riff like even though it's like in a lower octave it does it's very much like an incubus old old incubus riff yeah i could totally hear it it's very like like to me it it, it reminded me a lot of like redefine from uh yeah. science 
Yeah, but if, I mean, of course, heavier just because he plays on like an eight string guitar. I think even now, I think nowadays he he actually dabbles with nine string guitar. He should just play the bass then if he wants to. If he wants to get low, <laughs> that that would be cool. But that's why he has a bass player. I mean, realistically, he's not like shredding, so there's no reason why he shouldn't just be playing. That'd be kind of cool to have a band with two bass players. I mean, and no like guitarists. you said though, you might as well have might as well have a bass. So he is playing a bass. Yeah, just have two bass nine players. String. <laughs> what, what's cool about Deftones Live too is that. There are some songs where there are two guitars, so Chino will actually play guitar um, live sometimes just to to fill in whatever you know to play like the high parts when Steven's playing like the super heavy deep parts. But Chino just plays like a six string guitar, like a six string SG. I read to like kind of complement Steven's playing. I read live. too that Abe uh, started playing guitar at a young age, but because of his like family member played the drums. He just stuck it out with the drums. So I wonder if he's, does he still play the guitar? Does he know how? I don't know. Probably. I, I don't see why not. I, I don't think it's something you really forget once you learn, you know? I think it was from like a young, young age though. So I wonder if he like kept with it. I'm sure he did. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Because I, I mean, all the, all the guys in the band, I don't know if you, how far you read into like their history and stuff and like how they actually write their music. It's like the way they write, except for like maybe one or two albums, they actually write like a real like garage band does like they get together they hang out they kind of just like jam in their studio and just kind of just chill and have a good time you know it's like it's very kind of just relaxed relaxing and just go with the flow and whatever happens happens you know no yeah you're right i i I was reading about how they wanted to use uh they, they didn't want to use pro tools and they wanted to opt for a more like live and raw sound so they just jammed with each other until they got it right which is cool that's cool because it kind of also coincides with the record label reprise record, not reprise, oh reprise record. And I actually, for some reason, I guess because I was bored reading about Deftones, <laughs> reprise <laughs> records was started by Frank Sinatra in 1960. And oh he, shit, I and didn't he, know that. And he started the label because he wanted to give all the artists essentially almost full control over their music. But now it's oh. owned by Warner Music, and so obviously they have no control, so which is no even control. more funny because Chino released his own music and Warner took it down, which is the complete opposite of what Frank Sinatra set out Reprise to do. <laughs> I know. It's so fucked, right? Yeah. Oh, God. I hate that shit. It makes me so mad. I guess but since we're, record, or we're talking about recording, too, we can also talk about the producer of this album. Yeah, let's get into that. Because so, he was very interesting for me, too. Why is that? I'm uh, curious. So Nick Raskulinex. Yeah, what a name. Fuck how to say his name. But um, <laughs> he's actually produced a lot of stupid shit, right? So he's produced a lot of <laughs> stuff by Stone Sour, Alice in Change. Change. And he also Change. produced Serenity of Suffering. Yes, he did. How he exciting did. is he, that? And he produced the, the latest corn record, The Nothing, as well. Yeah, can you believe that? But he has also produced some good stuff, including Cody and Cambria's <laughs> Such an idiot. Good Apollo, their fourth. Yes. But that was co-produced with Rick Rubin, so can't take okay. all the credit to that. But he has a cool story, <laughs> this guy, Nick, right? So he, he's from Nashville, moves to L.A., and he got a job at Sound City Studios, the mm-hmm. wildly famous studio in L.A., because I guess Brian Bell from Weezer recommended that he should go there and apply for a job, and oh, that shit. and that's where he learned how to produce. Okay, I'm like, what better place to learn how to produce music than like arguably one of the greatest studios of all time? 
Yeah, right. The most one of the most iconic for sure. And he also wow, that's really cool. I didn't know Brian Bell was the one that did that. <laughs> he also met Dave Grohl while engineering their song that appeared on the Godzilla soundtrack. Oh no! <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. That like A twenty three song. Whatever the fuck it is. That's how he oh, met yeah. Dave Grohl and then later produced one of their albums. And then the yeah, last he did, thing. Um, but, oh, the last sorry. thing that I that I read from him that I was kind of interesting was um, he was just giving an interview uh, with some I don't know, some website, and he said that basically there are three things a good producer should learn how to do, and one is is you should learn how to just how to deal with people. Number two is how to get the band to trust you, and number three is how to recognize a good song early. And I thought that was pretty okay. that was pretty intelligent. Yeah. That's pretty good, especially like the first hint. You know, or the first the first piece of advice. That's the most important one. Along with you, you mentioned some bad ones, which you were wrong about, like records that he's made. Serenity of Suffering was one of the worst things we've ever that done. That was a good here. record. How can you uh, really he, think that was a good record? Yes, you're um, fucking silly. Foo Fighters. He did their album In Your Honor. I think that's their best record. That was a great, great record. He did a Rush album, really kind of weird, Late called Rush. Snakes and Arrows. Late, but it's still Rush. I mean, oh, he did two. No, yeah, I see two so far. He did a ghost record, great fucking record. He's done a couple Mastodon records. Um, let's see what else we got here. Yeah, and then the the last two Corn records. Those are the only ones only ones worth noting. But then he also did like a shitty Rise Against record because Rise Against like has shit albums or shit music. But yeah, he he did their their album Wolves. But I mean, yeah. he has some solid some solid solid stuff he's worked on. So I mean, that's he cool. clearly knows what he's doing and yeah. As far but as I know the sounds he, concerned, is, this record sounds absolutely fine. I know, like, because uh, following Corn as closely as I do, when they've recorded with him, they actually all go out to to Nashville or Tennessee, wherever is in Nashville. You said right? He, I, th- I think he moved back to Nashville because his family yeah. missed home. Yeah, so he he actually has the band go out there and spend like a week at a time with him, and they that's how they do it. They write and record out in Nashville for the most part. And then they they do everything out there. So I think that that's a cool thing to like get everybody together and just kind of work it out like in solitude, essentially. Oh, for the holidays. So I, I like that. That that's a cool idea. A lot of producers don't do that anymore, like Feldman, because he's a fucking douchebag. Dang. But, um, yeah, I said it, man. I said it, and I'll say it again. He's a douchebag. Dang. I don't give a fuck. I'll say it again. He's a douchebag. Okay. 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 But uh, yeah, that's that's Nick Ru- Rust. How do you pronounce that? I don't know. Raskulinix. There you go. You're better at it than me. Um, let's see. What other songs are on here, man? We could do what sex tape. Sex tape is like the only other banger I have. Let me see what other bangers there are. Hold on. Give me a moment. Let me look. Let me look. Sex tape I like because it immediately grabbed my interest with that clean sounding delayed intro. Let's do sex tape. And I do want to talk about uh, probably one of the covers. Sound good to you? So yeah, let, let's get into sex tape. Let's just play it and then we'll we'll talk about it. So here it is by Deftones.
beautiful fade, Tyler. Beautiful fade. Beautiful fade. That's what that's what you should be saying right now. No fades are beautiful. Fades are stupid. Uh, no, they're fucking great. Um, so yeah, that's sex tape, man. This is um, this is my favorite song on the record, for sure, the best song on the record. But and I, you agree, right? This is this is a great fucking song. Yeah, this song's really cool. There's heavy use of the of the verb, the reverb, and the delay. It's got a really cool melody, and it's just like an overall good soft rock song of like the late '90s. I mean, 2010. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know what's cool about this song too, because to me the song sounds very loud. It, it's a very loud song, but there are no there are no like heavy chugging guitars, and there's no screaming. There's nothing like that, but it's still so like in your face. But it's still like a calming and soothing sounding song, which is it's it's really cool that they they were able to convey the song the way that they do. I think it's really unique. It's a unique song for sure. But apparently some people complain, though, that this is like a Chino song. Like, this should have been on a Team Sleep record or something like that. But Chino's come out and said that, like, this is actually like a group effort song. Like, everybody contributed to the song. It wasn't just a song that he brought to the table, and then they they did stuff around it. So I think that's cool, too. You know, it's just like it's kind of the band branching out from the heaviness that they're more used to. Because Chino always brings the softer stuff to the to the band, and then Steven wants the heavier stuff and so on and so forth I mean, that's even, which I, I think is cool that's weird in itself because I mean Steven is like has like the biggest art of like in my opinion has like the the, the the limelight of this song like it's this yeah. is very guitar driven and that weird delayed reverb riff that he does continues through the whole song mm-hmm. yeah so I'd love it it's, it's like I mean because I know you always talk shit on reverb and stuff but this is like the perfect amount of it and it's done in such like a a classy way you know it's it's not too much it's the right amount i agree it's um man it's a song that every time i listen to it it's one of those things that i'm just i'm kind of like surprised at how good it is every time i hear it it's just there's something about it and i and sometimes i'll just play like two or three times just because i I like it that much it's probably one it is one of my one of my favorite deftone songs like just in general i think it's it's such a, a great song but I mean, lyrically, you know, there it's it's kind of what we were talking about earlier, uh, him just being sexually charged with like a girl. And um, yeah, but it, th- this song to me, it's like it's more like romantic in a way and it's more sensual, I guess, for lack of a better word. But yeah, because some, some of the songs are kind of like like the, some of the more like sexual songs on this record are, are more like violent, you know. Yeah, but this one, this one is just very kind of. It's lovely. It's a lovely sounding song, and yeah, lyrically, it, it goes along with it. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful song, but, uh, but yeah, they they actually made a music video for this one as well. They made it five music videos. Dude, for none this of them record. are good. They're all just boring and whatever. I like the I like the you've seen the butcher one. Oh, that was Which the one where they're one? playing. They're playing in the library, and then like there's all just a bunch of women in there, and oh, then just yeah. like blood starts raining. But yeah. like they're playing in a library, yeah. I did like that the drummer always had like a or usually always had a a San Francisco Giants hat on. That was cool. Yeah, that's cool. Like he's, that. a, he's a big baseball baseball fan. But Is he I really? read that. Yeah, no, he's a huge baseball fan. I think he's thrown like the first pitch at a couple of Giants games. Oh dang! Yeah. Um. And then uh, what? So I read I read something about the the video for you've seen the butcher, and 
Gina was saying like a lot of people like he was sitting, they wanted to do a video for the song and like different directors were sending out treatments to them and they they were interpreting that song as like a like a post-apocalyptic song and not really what Chino wanted for like the lyrics or whatever how the lyrics were portrayed so he's like and they wanted to spend like all this fucking money to make a video so he he like called his friend and he's like hey I'm thinking of doing this for a video would you want to do it and his friend was like oh yeah that sounds cool and Chino was like yeah I'll just get we'll just get like a bunch of girls like in a room watching us play because he's like nobody wants to watch a bunch of like half-dressed dudes looking at a band so let's just get let's just fill the room with a bunch of girls and just like drop blood everywhere and that's that was it and he said it ended up being like the cheapest but most fun video they've ever made (laughs) so it's just i thought that was kind of interesting you know like just not to overthink things you know just have fun when you're doing it i agree I, i mean ultimately you do this to have fun yeah and that should be your ultimate goal but again i dude i none like none of these videos were extraordinary they're they're mostly like performance videos they're all the same like little things there's different venues but see i like performance videos i prefer performance videos over anything else and just watch a live video then just make that's what i do i do both i do both if you're gonna make a music video then make something that either has nothing to do with a song or just like do something cool like intergalactic from the beastie boys or something great otherwise you can just do like a pro shot live video and call it well the the video for beauty school that was their last video and it was just like a bunch of like backstage backstage live footage and of them performing the song live and that was cool yeah that's fine i like when bands doing that too yeah but if you want to make like a music video with a director and stuff then make something cool make something unique make something uh make some has some substance to it maybe the substance is just the band performing and having oh, a good yeah. time great substance sure but that's what the music is oh, yeah. oh you're dumb but uh but actually going back to how they record again like when I I think it was like maybe in the early 2000s, you know, they they bought a recording studio. They they outfitted it with a bar and couches and just like just a huge lounge area and just to hang out and be friends. You know, I love I just love the way that they record music. I think it's just the coolest, most relaxed thing to do. And bands just don't do that. Like bands just are so corporate about their music and and how they, they treat their band. But it doesn't seem that way with Deftones. It seems like they they're truly like best friends, and they just liked hanging out, like hanging out with each other and making music and jamming, and you know just having drinks and a good time. Having drinks, I love that. Yeah, love it's that. it's very uh, it's very honest. Yeah, it's very real. It's very very cool. Uh, also, speaking of the recording of their albums, every album they've done, except maybe like maybe their first record. Uh, they've always made a point to record at least two cover songs just for fun, you know, just because they want to, you know. So they actually, for this album, they actually recorded three songs. Uh, they did a cover of the Cardigans of their song, uh, Do You Believe? They did a cover of a band called Japan. Have you ever heard of them? Mm-mm. Yeah, I've never heard of them either. But they, they did um, their song Ghosts, and then they did a Drive Like Jehu cover. Uh, their song "Caress," and I—I I mean, did you listen to the covers at all? Yeah, yeah. They were, I thought they were good, right? Yeah, they were. I mean, they were the Deftones covering these songs, so yeah, they were cool. But it's cool. It's like it's cool that they they take time out during the recording just to have fun, you know, and just jam to songs that they like. And, and the stuff that they they cover are, are always songs that aren't like generally speaking in the metal world. And but then they make it their own, which is really cool. Yeah, which I'm surprised you don't like more. The Drive Like Jew thing was like the most surprising for me. Just that was the one I actually wanted to play too. I think it's, I mean, I think it's an okay cover. I never really got into that band. 
but, but I mean they're important. They're an important band. Oh, they're important just because one of the guys produced a Blink record, but otherwise, no, they're they're important like in the indie community. Well, they're like post hardcore. Uh barely. Barely. That's that's pushing it, dude. They're like straight up post hardcore. Okay, well here's a uh, here's Deftones cover of Drive Like Jehu's Chris. That's a great fade by me. A plus. A A plus. A A plus. Not A plus plus or A plus. A A plus. It's the it's the new rating system. Okay. Um but yeah, so there you go. That's that's one of the covers that they, they made on this record. Um so I mean, do you want to wrap it up? Do you want to talk about any other songs? Because I think we talked about all your bangers, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, that's, that, I think that's it for me too. I mean, I could talk about really every song, but, uh, but yeah, let's, let's just wrap it up. Okay. What are your, fi- what are your final thoughts on, uh, Diamond Eyes, this album? Uh, my final thoughts are, this was better than I thought it was going to be, but it was still underwhelming for me. There was, there was nothing really here to quite sink my teeth into and, and think to myself that, dang, I want to listen to every other Deftones album now or the Deftones albums. So I just... Man, it's just like, like the Foo Fighters of this kind of genre. Ah, you're so dumb. Man, they're you're just so, so like, dumb. It's just so boring. It's no, like how it's many not, songs dude. can you just like chug along to? I I get it. I get it. Like the drummer just does his own thing, and, and he's all the so songs good. is chug along and chug a lug, and Chino screams sometimes. It's great. It's cool. Next, please. <laughs> so, but um, you'll listen to. But you'll listen to a ska album where every song is just the same, like upstroking notes over and over and over and over again. Yeah. But no one's trying to like hide it and try to mask it with, with semi pretentious musicians who think that they're better than they are. Cause they're not. How do they think that they're just jamming? They're just, well, you keep saying time. the drummer's so good, but he, I, cause I think when? he is that where? that's not, that's not when that's not what he's saying. Where? That's what I'm saying. Oh, you're dumb. Nobody in this, nobody in this band is like great musicians. They work really well together and they found, they found a way to make music that they all like and they all enjoy doing, and it works well in the context of the Deftones. But other than that, man, this is just boring music for boring people. Oh, what a disappointment. I thought I was going to be able to convert you, but I guess I can't win them all. It's unfortunate. I really thought 
you'd enjoy this and we can go back and do another couple Deftones records. But we probably will because, you know, Ugh. it'll be my turn to pick an album. <laughs> Dude, if you pick another Deftones album within like the next three years, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> oh, it's going to be within the next three years for That's sure. That's just crazy. But uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff I know you don't like in between that. So I like to put you through hell sometimes. Oh. I mean, funny. this wasn't this wasn't the worst thing we've ever done by any means. Well, yeah, Elliot Smith was the worst. You know, um, like, do you really think that was the worst album uh, we've ever uh, done? I think Common, Common, and Elliot Smith were the worst we've done. That yeah. Common album and that Elliot Smith album were definitely the worst. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. But um, but yeah. yeah so my my final thoughts with with oh, what's your rating? What's your rating on this record? Ooh, so my rating. I, I'm almost tempted to give it a two. Just give it a fucking two, stupid. Because, I mean, I will listen to three of these songs again. But I, I still haven't quite figured out what playlist I need to put it on. Because I want to put these songs on the playlist because I want to hear them again. But I don't know if I should put them on like a punk playlist or... No, not a punk. Like a metal playlist. I don't know. You got to put it like... You could put the heavier ones like on a metal playlist, but then put songs like Sex Tape on like a... Do you have like a like a calming sort of playlist or like a... Like I've, a chill playlist? No, I have an acoustic playlist, but that's strictly acoustic songs. Do you have like a like a night playlist? Because I have a night playlist where like songs are really good sounding like to listen to at night, and Sex Tape is one of those songs that's on it. Nah, that's what I do. I I love my my nighttime playlist. I'll probably just throw it on like a generic rock playlist. All right, be boring. Yeah. Don't have fun. Don't have fun. I don't know, man. I don't. Uh... I'm gonna give it a one point nine nine. Ah, oh, you're in it. Just give it a two. Don't be stupid. I don't know if I can. Just give it a two. You enjoyed it. Two means Just I'll listen to the album again. I'm never gonna yeah, listen to this album. You again. will listen to it. I will yeah. never. What's gonna to this happen album is, again. what's gonna happen is that you're gonna, you're gonna like sex tape or what beauty school will come up on on one of your playlists and you're like, oh yeah, this is like actually a really good song. Let me go back and listen to the album because I remember it being pretty good. You go back and listen. You're like, "Wow, dude, I'm blown away. I forgot how great this is." And Tyler was so right about everything he was saying. Like, I totally get everything he was saying because he's so smart and he just knows everything about you know good music. That's what's gonna happen. So, just <laughs> I thought if I just be quiet, you just keep going forever. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the interruption. That's why I kept going. I wanted you to yell. <laughs> no, I was, I was, I was just, trying to provoke you. I was gonna see when you're gonna stop. Oh, I'll give it. I'll give it to you. It was. It was. It was okay, good, better than better. I expected it to be, especially after that run I just did. Yeah. Uh, so okay, good. You gave it a perfect three. That's great. Um, so I'm. My final thoughts are. You know, like I said at the beginning, this is my. I got into the band right before this record came out. Um, I was actually lucky enough too to go see the band while while she was still in the band, and you were there too. Um, so that's cool, and. Yeah, so I, I've always I've always liked them a lot, and this is probably one of my favorite records from them. Uh, I like I said, I love Abe's drumming, and I think Sergio, what Sergio did coming into the band when he did, he just absolutely killed it. I mean, everything on this record, I think every member did really well in their role, and I the songs show it, and they're very emotional and heavy when they need to be. So I'm gonna give this album, I'm gonna give it a, a two point eight. Not gonna give it a three, but you I thought I was gonna give it a three. I, huh? I totally thought you were gonna give it a three. <laughs> I still think nah, you're gonna be like, I'm just getting three. No, nah, because I mean, like, I love all the songs, but like the last song, 
I, maybe if that song wasn't on the record, if it was there were parts that were different on that last song, um, the song of this place is death, then I might. But I don't know. I, I mean, I still love the record. I think it's has some amazing parts. But there you go. I give it a two point eight. Two point eight. Jeff gives it a three. And um, <laughs> I guess that's about it for the pod, right? You got anything else to say about Deftones, or are you gonna go listen to all their discography now? Uh, no and no. No and no. Okay. Well, that's it for uh, Asinine Radio. I have no idea what we're doing next time, but stay tuned for that. And uh, thank you all for listening if you've gotten this far. Don't forget to go to iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio, or just send us an email, Radio at gmail.com. That's it. That's all. Wait, do we David Jaffe? Oh, yeah. David Jaffe. David Jaffe is out. David Jaffe is out. David Jaffe. 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 Oh, uh, also another humpback whale. It's a Forgot shark. The humpback whale. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's a whale. No, it's not. How it's is it a shark? shark? How is it a shark like this? Watch. It's a shark. According <laughs> to Wikipedia. You go back and listen. You're like, wow, dude, I'm blown away. I forgot how great this is. And Tyler was so right about everything he was saying. Like, I totally get everything he was saying because he's so smart and he just knows everything about, you know, good music. That's what's going to happen. So... <laughs> I thought if I just be quiet, you just keep going forever. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the interruption. That's why I kept going. I wanted you to yell. <laughs> no, I was, I was, I was trying just, to provoke you. I was going to see when you're going to stop. <laughs>